This passage appointed by the lectionary begins without a lot of explanation for why Jesus is so exasperated, and it jumps around a bit, which isn't quite as obvious. This isn't the point at the time for a Bible study with discussion of context and references to other passages, but a little bit of context is that John the Baptist has been thrown into prison, and two of the disciples that stayed with him and didn't follow Jesus have been sent from his prison cell to go to Jesus and ask, are you the one or would you wait for another? John obviously faced doubt as well as the impending death that he was facing in prison. And that's the setting when they have come, they've come to Jesus, they've gone back, and now Jesus turns to the crowd with what we've heard tonight. There was something very close to exasperation in Jesus' effort to understand this generation, and one has to wonder what he would make of us. Too self-important to be playful, to dance with the piper who sings of God's grace and the world's goodness. Too self-satisfied to mourn when the prophet calls for repentance and amendment of life. They will not hear what they don't already know, whether it's John or Jesus speaking. Luke is far more likely than Matthew to tell us about Jesus spending time in prayer. And so when Matthew points it out, it's worth paying attention. But here, with the unsettling news that John is imprisoned, when he faces the reluctance of so many of us to hear and be changed, Jesus prays. And for all of that, he prays in gratitude. You might have had a bad week. There are things, there are always things that burden us, but there are always reasons to give thanks. And if Jesus, who would have known the full weight of the world's sin and sorrow and whose sympathy for others far exceeds ours, if Jesus begins in gratitude, that may say something about our prayer. And what he is grateful for is both the intimate complete knowledge and the unbroken connection sustained by the Holy Spirit between the Father and the Son. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom he come, the Son chooses to reveal him. I thank you, Father, that you have revealed these to infants. What we need to know is not what, it is who. It is to come to know Jesus, and in knowing Jesus, we begin to grasp the fullness of God's own being. Jesus gives thanks that by grace, even infants can know and experience God's goodness. For all that there is to learn, to understand, and to apply, and there is, there is plenty for us to use our best intellect, our best efforts to understand the Christian faith. But for all of that, there is always the simple truth that a child can sing, Jesus loves me. We do not stop our growth as Christians at a child's level of faith, but that basic conviction, what a child can know, what Jesus gives thanks for in this prayer, is always true even as we face complex and unsuspected turns in our life or in our world. If anything is going to break through the self-importance that makes us unable to dance, if anything will break my heart and make me grieve the world's sorrows and my own part in it, 
It is seeing the love of God poured out even to the point of Christ's death on the cross and the power of God to raise him and the whole creation to new life. Here is genuine and contagious joy. Here is grief that is honest and moves towards hope. Here is the invitation. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. What weighs you down when God's own music calls you to dance? What keeps you from mourning the world's sorrow and your own? It is a burden to hold all that in and to hold back from all that joy. Here, you can put that burden down and find rest. Jesus' invitation is to find home, peace, and purpose. We don't encounter yokes very often in our daily life, but they're designed to enable cooperation. Two oxen or two horses set up so they can pull in the same direction, work toward the common purpose. When we take on Christ's yoke, we are aligned with Christ, and we move in such a way that the best that is in us works towards the purposes of God, that sort of purpose and having work that aligns with our deepest truth, that is rest, even as it is transforming work. Take my yoke upon you is part of finding rest. How much effort does it take not to dance or to hold yourself back from heart-healing repentance? What propels us to work so hard for what we don't want? Come unto me, Jesus says. And he speaks to the heavy laden, to the self-absorbed, to hearts hardened by fear or shame. What he promises us is rest. Rest that makes us ready for his yoke and the yoke that leads our life towards purpose, that gives joy to this life and hope for all our days and for the life to come. Amen.